Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know what it is, episode 103, for the love of the game, let's get that work. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my rep, last time that I checked. I was selling zones in the set, make a quarter mil, no sweat, last time that I checked. I'm the streets voice out west, legendary self-made progress, last time that I checked. First you get the money, the respect, and the power, and the come next, last time that I checked. I've been self-made from the dribble. I was been saying I'm a killer. Nah. Playing no games with you. Pop clutch, switch lanes on you. Nah. I laid down the game for you. Taught you how to charge more than what they paid for you. The whole thing for you. Your boy is back, back behind the mic. Episode 103, coming from the 305. God, I love the city of Miami. The vibe, the weather. Don't be surprised if ATH becomes the new Mr. 305 in the near future. Shout out to Pitbull. He's electric and has absolute bangers. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. So the NBA season is coming close to All-Star break. I spoke about the All-Star game taking place last episode and why everybody who hates it that it's happening is kind of wrong. Don't need to get back into that. But tonight I'm going to be bringing on a first-time guest, a friend of the program, a fan of all things ATH content to discuss the reserves, and if the fans got it right with the all-star starters. Just to recap for the East, the starters are the guards, Kyrie Irving, not my favorite, Bradley Beal, forwards, or I should say front court players, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Uh, for the West, the guards are Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Front court, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. Those are the starters. For the most part, I can't really argue too much, but there are a few objections that I'm sure we'll talk about later on in the show with a, uh, a first-time guest, as I just mentioned. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite players, Draymond Green. Well, Draymond has been in the NBA limelight a bunch the last couple of days. It started with Draymond being outspoken about the Andre Drummond situation in Cleveland following Golden State's win against the Cavaliers. Basically, Cleveland is holding out Andre Drummond uh, because they want to trade him. Uh, they want to protect the asset. And here's what Draymond Green had to say. Um, I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. And uh, it's the treatment of players in this league. To to watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and – Essentially dogged it. I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen, but I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, 
as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. So Draymond has a bit of a point. There is a double standard in these things. And sometimes it's wrong how the, the teams act. But that's what you sign up for when you're an NBA player. That's the deal. Remember, and this is an important thing to remember, players are not partners. They are high-level employees. Never forget that. And there's no way to avoid people's disappointment when it comes to trade rumors and actual trades. You hope the teams would always handle things with class, but it doesn't always happen, sadly. But that's life. If there was a better way to do it, I'm all ears. But I don't think there is. And that's what happens when you're an employee and not a partner and someone else signs your checks. I mean, it happened to me on a way lower scale. I was at a company called Credit Call. They, I had just started. It was less than five months in. They wanted me to move to Chicago after a merger. I didn't really want to move to Chicago. They said, well, you're going to have to. I said, I don't really want to do so. And guess what? I found new employment. Uh, it's, it's not really all that different if you think about it. So yeah, I get Draymond's point. I do. I also like the fact that he made a distinction by how certain guys have forced trades and not all trade uh, requests are created equal. And some guys handle their business better than others. Looking at you, James Harden. I'm looking at you, Anthony Davis. Uh, but yeah, this is what happens when you're not your own boss. But Draymond wasn't done being in the spotlight. Golden State was playing Charlotte a couple of days ago. No Steph Curry in the lineup. Late in the game, Warriors up two with 10 seconds left. Jump ball, scrum for the ball. Draymond gets a double technical. A double technical with 10 seconds left up two. So Terry Rozier for Charlotte goes to the free throw line, sings two free throws, tie game. And moments later... Scary Terry hits a corner three from the buzzer, game winner. A miraculous comeback for Charlotte. But the story is Draymond is Draymond Green, whose temper cost the Warriors a win. And this isn't the first time it's happened either. I mean, go back to the 2016 finals, game five. Draymond suspended for that game. If he's not suspended, maybe the Cavaliers don't complete the 3-1 comeback, the miraculous comeback. Draymond is a wonderful, unique player whose value is way beyond the stats and way beyond the box score. But if you're a guy whose offense has plummeted and your shooting stroke has fallen off a cliff the way Draymond's has, you can't be deemed more trouble than you're worth. Draymond likes to talk. He's an emotional guy. He's outspoken. And, and that's fine. But my fear is that he's becoming more trouble when he's, than he's worth. Charles Barkley said it best on the Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week. Well, I think Draymond has to really be careful. All that stuff is cute when you're winning, uh, but when you're in last place, it's annoying. They're trying to protect their asset and uh, they're gonna trade him. So uh, you don't want a guy making $30 million on your cap if he gets hurt for the next couple of years. So they're doing what's best for them. But I think Draymond has got to start learning to understand. You can say what you want to when you're the champs in, in first place. When you're in last place, you become the guy who becomes annoying. <laughs> right. But at the same time, of all the guys in this generation, he's the one that most reminds me of you 30 years ago with how outspoken you were. I mean, it's probably a, a, something you would have done 30 years ago. 
Well, I think there's a difference between me is he he's he's on a really good team. I was a great player. You can, there's a double standard on that. When you're a great yeah. player, you say and do what you want to do. When you're on a good team, you can say and do what you want to do. But when you're in last place, you have to stand down. He hasn't learned that yet. So yeah, Draymond, maybe take it down a notch just a little bit. Focus less on shit like this and more on finding your jump shot again. Just a thought. Uh, before we bring in on tonight's guest, uh, two guys I just wanted to mention. Um, one guy who I was exceedingly bullish on when no one else seemed to have been bullish on, that's Joel Embiid. We'll talk on him first. And the other one where I was disappointed in him at the beginning of the year, and I almost jumped ship, but I haven't, and he's proven me right, and that's Zion Williamson. First, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been absolutely, absolutely ridiculous this year across every metric he's been amazing the counting stats are amazing the advanced metrics are amazing just having a monster year when there was tons of Joel Embiid slander last year especially what went down in Orlando I was like you guys don't seem to get it like the roster last year was bad this year's roster has shooting around him and Joe and what do you know Joel Embiid looks better but to Joel Embiid's credit also, it's not just the roster. He's in better shape. He's improved his game each and every year. He's passing out of double teams better. Just everything's better. He's the most impactful defensive big man in the league. I think he should win defensive player of the year. I know that's uh, going against uh, all the Rudy Gobert stands, but so be it. That's what it is. But yeah, Joel Embiid is insane. And, and if you saw what he did against the Chicago Bulls Friday night, this past Friday night against the Bulls where Ben Simmons wasn't playing. I mean, this was just the masterclass of being a center. I mean, it was legitimately a cross between Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaquille O'Neal. All right. He had every move in the book and he was physically dominant. It was just nuts, just nuts. And as a result, Philadelphia is number one in the East right now. And is a real, real championship contender. And that's because Joel Embiid has, has taken an even bigger leap. And I've been on this. I've been on this. Joel Embiid has the ability to be a top five player in the league trained for a while. And what do you know? Like most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I'm proven correct. So I hope it continues. Joel Embiid, kudos to you. And to Zion Williamson, who started off uh, a little disappointing. I mean, this New Orleans situation is not great. Stan Van Gundy, uh, I don't know if he really knows what he's doing, if he can be considered a good coach at this point in his coaching career. But as of late recently, Zion Williamson has turned a corner. He's basically playing point center or point forward now. They're putting it, the ball in his hands at the top of the arc. And I mean, he's just so physically imposing on offense and, and so offensively gifted. I mean, there was, a, there was a play in against the Detroit Pistons where Detroit had Josh Jackson, who's a small forward on Zion Williamson. And Josh Jackson, really big-time athlete. I mean, he was once the highest-rated high school player in his class, okay? And he's uh, carved out a niche from hit for himself in the league after starting out really pitifully terrible he was the fourth pick overall in the draft but this guy's a small forward right and a really good athlete zion williamson had him at the top of the circle and josh jackson's playing off of him and with like one first step with josh jackson again giving him multiple feet of space zion williamson absolutely just blew by him just blew by him i mean this guy's a next level athlete 
next level athlete and next level offensively gifted. And then there was another play again on Sunday's game when the Pelicans had a monster comeback win against the Celtics, where it actually may have saved Stan Van Gundy's job. That Zion went up, uh, met at the summit with Tristan Thompson, who's a bigger dude, and he just went through him like and ragdolled Tristan Thompson like he was a high school kid. It's just, it's just crazy. The, I mean, this is, this is Barkley. This is Barkley incarnated. Barkley 2.0. And yeah, we want Zion to be a little bit of a better defender. He needs to be better on that end. And yeah, you'd like him to rebound more because Charles Barkley was one of the great rebounders of all time. I don't think he averaged less than 10 rebounds a game for the first 14 years of his career, something like that. But man, if Zion puts it together, this guy is going to be absolutely unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. I mean, just remember, he, he hasn't played a full NBA season yet in terms of 82 games. It's, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. The physical tools are wild. He's becoming a more creative offensive force. He's becoming a more diverse offensive player. I mean, now that he's got the ball in his hands, he, his passing is spectacular. Yeah, he needs to play better defense. Yeah, he needs to rebound more. And, and hopefully... You know, putting him at center will force him to do that. But if, if he figures it all out, I mean, just forget about it. And I do think he should be in this year's All-Star game, just a teaser to our next segment. We'll talk about it in a second. I didn't think so two weeks ago, but things have changed. So yeah, Zion Williamson, keep doing what you're doing. And I hope it continues. I hope he stays healthy because he's extremely exciting to watch. With that said, it's time to bring on a first-time guest to talk all-star selections for the reserves in just a moment. So everybody, I mentioned it before. We're bringing on a first-time guest, an excited first-time guest who's a, a major fan of all things ATH content, especially the proud owner of a new Peloton. And I will be happy to share him, I should say, share with him, you know, a bunch of different uh, recommendations on rides. Uh, none other than Mr. Johnny Nolman. Johnny, what's good, my man? Doing well. Um, some people discourage sliding into DMs. I, I encourage. I slid into Aaron's DMs because I wanted some Peloton Rex and I found a much larger world and that he is a basketball fanatic. And now, now we're here. Perfect. I'm always looking for uh, new basketball junkies to chop up hoops with. Uh, so we're both Knicks fans. It's in our blood. Um Let's, let's kick it off there because this is the most excited we've been since uh, 2013 or even more so than the run Porzingis had before he had his uh, catastrophic injury, which uh, really, if you think about it, changed the trajectory of the Knicks in, in more ways than you can even imagine. So, yeah. Johnny, how, how giddy should Knicks fans be right now? Um, what, uh, where are you at right now with this team? I mean, Knicks fans team, seem to be obsessed with the moment. Um, we tend to overreact to the moment. I I feel good in the way that we're building a culture of tough, hard-nosed basketball. We're playing basketball the right way. We're not messing around anymore with this crap, lackadaisical effort. It's almost ironic that no one's in the garden to watch this, but it's really a pleasure to watch. It's like almost so far this season, it's all you could really ask for, for guys who are lacking talent. And one comment on the first thing is I just have to, that I feel so great about, especially today with, I think, Bleacher Report releasing that Mavericks are, are trying to cut him, try to trade him, and he, Porzingis is a disaster. We came out on top on that one. I think 
it was a great trade for the future of our franchise. I have my I have my doubts about the Knicks going forward, especially with a long season, especially with Coach Tom Thibodeau, like who before this year I was really low on, and this year he's proven me wrong. Willing to humbly admit that, um, but I'm 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 excited. I I, I want to make the playoffs. Like I, enough of this tanking crap. We never get the first after after we didn't get the Zion first pick. I'm like enough of this tanking crap. Let's play hard. Let's make the playoffs. Let's just give us. Let's not even make the playoff playing game. Let's get the six seed. Let's make the playoffs. Let's stay in the six seed. It's uh it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean I I'm caught up in the hype. Uh, I guess, but before we. You know, before we talk about that, just one th- quick thing on uh, on the Porzingis thing. I've always had a soft spot for him. I always thought when if he was healthy, he could have been like unbelievable. Uh, I-, I think the inside outside game, but he just can't stay healthy. And uh, I I trashed the trade when it happened. I it, it looks like we're going to be the winners out of this, but I don't think we're we're. I, I don't feel good about it almost just because it's, it's just been injury related. And, uh, right, and right. I also don't think the Knicks at the time handled it as well as they should have. Cause I did think at, you know, when they made the trade, it was a, a, a 40 cents on the dollar trade, but you know what? It's right. actually turning up aces right now, but this Knicks team, you mentioned that you were skeptical about Thibodeau. So why were you so skeptical about Thibodeau? Because I was skeptical as well and i guess if you're giving tibbs a grade so far what would the grade be it's a good question I, if, if you're grading in the moment it has to be like an a an a minus like he's getting them yep. to, all he could really ask of a basketball coach is to get his players in the moment to play to the best of their ability and i except for maybe a few hiccups i i freaking had enough of any former chicago bulls on our team if we sign joe kim noah i'm moving out of new york i cannot stand i, I if i watch another taj gibson jump hook or derrick rolls contested mid-range jumper i am gonna collapse but he's been incredible my knock on him before was i went to a wolves net game like three four years ago and he sounded like a high school coach like these are professionals like imagine working every day and someone yelling at you at the top of their lungs all game I was scared, A, that he would just piss people off, which I think he did in Minnesota. Um, I was scared that he, no stars would want to come play with him because as much as stars love defense, quote-unquote, I don't think they really want to play that hard on defense and be pushed that ability. But I think he's, this year, that was my, that was my this skeptic, but this year he's creating a culture that we're going to play hard. You're not going to play. If you don't play defense, we're, we're going to grind it out and, this is like New York basketball. Like when my dad describes to me, like Jeff Van Gundy and, and Pat Riley, like this is what this is what it sounds like. Obviously, we're missing the talent, but like, like is like a guy like Giannis, Giannis going to come and like come to the Knicks? No, maybe not. But like, can we get like a guy who like wants to prove himself and 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 restart his career? I don't I don't know. I think so. Like that's a culture we're building. We're going to get good free agents, and the quickly pick was fantastic. Like we're dra- drafting pretty solid. Like I I, I just. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but not like unrealistic. I would say the, uh, the quickly pick is, uh, I think I did a, I did a, uh, a draft preview and I was just like, you know, whatever. So we're moving picks. It's like, we're moving from 27 to 23 to 25. Like we're picking up these extra assets. I'm like, who really cares? Like, you know, because Ryan Rossillo had this stat and, and Rossillo is my guy. Uh, I, I basically tend to agree with almost everything he says about the game basketball it was like all these guys at the end of the first round you know 95% of them are, are out of the league within like three years but 
You know, we, we found the one of those who are not because this guy is really, really good. And he's making the, uh, the OB top and pick look uh, passable because if, if quickly wasn't good, we'd be losing our shit after we uh, passed up Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but whatever, that's another story. We're not going, we're going to be positive, positive vibes only for the Knicks right now. Mm, My biggest thing Tibbs was when you talked about the young guys, like, and him wanting to squeeze out every little win. Like I don't need Taj Gibson getting minutes, right? When Derek Rose was traded to the Knicks, it was like, if Quickly's minutes get cut, like the trade's a disaster. Uh, I know, I understand that rookies are, you know, up and down, up and down. Young players are up and down. And, and sometimes they're just not going to have, and sometimes you just got to sit them because they're not playing. But the future of this team is to see if RJ Barrett something, to see if quickly something and Mitchell Robinson. Those are your three guys right now. And we'll see about Obi Toppin and we'll get to Julius Randle in a second. But those are your three guys right now, okay? Everything else is almost immaterial, even when it comes to winning games. But it is a breath of fresh air for them to play hard and play with effort, even when they don't play well, that they're in games. And, you know, we're scarred as, as Knicks fans. Like, we expect the worst. So this is like... You know, it's hard not to be on cloud nine. Yeah, hundred. I'm. I've been thinking about this, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but who do you, do you think that quickly as like a player comparison of like a ceiling, like like who he's gonna be? Like I can't think of. I've never. I've never seen like he doesn't really take mid range jumpers, but he takes floaters from mid range. He gets the basket, hits threes, like. Who is he? I, I can't pin it. Like, who his ceiling is? Like, is it like a CJ McCollum, like scoring like a point guard if he like really reaches the top of his ability? Like, do you have any thoughts? Um, I mean, he's kind of got a little bit, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about him when we talk about our All Star selections. He's kind of got a little bit of of the Trey Young in him, in a sense where it's like you know the floater game, the in between mm-hmm. game. Now, I hope he doesn't get any of uh, Trey Young's other terrible habits like uh, dominating the ball and not moving without the ball and um, being an absolute sieve on defense. But he's got a little bit of that in him, which is nice. I mean, he's very savvy uh, in a sense in terms of drawing fouls. And I'm a guy who, like, hates guys who, you know, hunt for fouls. I mean, my take on James Harden was I, I've always hated the way he hunts for fouls and flops. Trey Young, same thing. I hate it when Chris Paul did it. But like, and maybe it's because he's ours that I look past the, you know, past that. But he doesn't do it in a sense where it's almost egregious. He just finds the fact that it, it just kind of happens naturally and he has this knack. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's necessarily a true one or, or is he going to play a little bit more off ball? But I, I don't really care because he does either well enough that he should be in the lineup and he's there's a certain energy. Now, again, there are games that where he hasn't had it before, but there's a certain energy when he comes in, right? Most of the season that it's just not there with Alfred Payton. And it drives me Mm -hmm. nuts when I look at the box score sometimes. And I see that, you know, quickly he's not getting the minutes. It's just like, the energy's here. Like, what are we doing here? But overall, I'm I'm very pleased with him. But and, yeah. and in terms of going forward, I just want to see him progress. I want to see RJ Barrett progress. And I pray to God he learns how to how to make a jump shot. And I, I want to see Mitchell Robinson progress. That that's yeah, what I'm most focused on. 
I know. I, I agree with you. I, I think Barrett confuses me. Some games, I'm like, he, he's got it. He, he's he got the drive. We know he has the drive. He's long, athletic. He's When he's hitting his shots, we're like, holy crap, like Drew Hanlon's working wonders on him. He's hitting some shots. Yeah, he, he has some decent moves, but that's like on one end and the other. I'm like, he kind of looks like me. I, I know we went to camp together. Like, I played in like sixth grade when I was like six, seven, and everyone else like five, eight. And I was a, my move was Drew drive left then when they stop me going left drive more left and bear i saw that him do that in high school and i'm like okay what's he gonna do in college in college like i'm like he's trying to do this and he's bullying but he don't, that's nba that's always gonna get cut off and i've kind of seen that where they just stop him and he doesn't have many moves but I'm, I'm, i want to be optimistic about him and, and i know he works hard so and he has the tools to play good defense he's long and strong and athletic but let's see i'll say this about barrett um, he does have a knack to getting to the basket, even though the Knicks sometimes put out lineups where their spacing isn't great. Um, but he, he finds a way and he does have a feel like the assist numbers don't look great, but like, right. It's not that he's not moving the ball, right? It, it's, you know, even though it looks like he's not passing that much, but he, he really is. I, I kind of, I'm intrigued by him. He has a chance. He really has a chance. And, and I'm, pleasantly surprised by how he competes on defense like there was that game against the Clippers in the garden where he really you know went at Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard obviously took him to school in the fourth quarter but like that's gonna happen Kawhi Leonard's a first or second team all NBA player like you just want to see that he's gonna take the challenge and and yeah if if he has a passable jump shot I really think he can be very very good Right. And yeah, these guys like, I can, like Wiggins, who's out, he's been better this season because he's on the Warriors. Like you don't want, you don't want Barrett to become Wiggins and Wiggins just doesn't look like he has so much pride in his game. Like when he, when like Barrett steps up to guard Kawhi and play tough D and, and really be aggressive, you're just like, okay, he's pride to his game and he works hard. And, and we just want to see that he wants it. And I, I, I think, I think he has a lot of potential. Is he going to be like, uh, repetitive all-star I don't know but could he make like one or sneak onto one or two I, I hope so I think so yeah I I I think so too I mean I I hope again I hate comparing him to guys that I can't stand watching uh like like you want him to be have a little bit of Harden in him but without all the ugliness of James Harden's game yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ever, he's never going to be the shooter Harden is. So before everybody kind of clips this and says, I'm comparing him to James Harden, just because he's lefty, let's all relax. Right. He's never going to be the shooter Harden is, you know, he may not be the creative passer that Harden is probably won't because as much as I can't stand James Harden, he's one of the best creative passers we've ever seen. Um, but in terms of like the herky jerkiness of it, like Harden has some of that and, and maybe RJ We'll get some of that. But the reason why the Knicks are currently in the uh, the seventh spot, if uh, the season started today, is Julius Randle. Uh, somebody who I uh, have elevated to a love-hate relationship with, um, a, a complicated relationship with. Um, where were you on Julius Randle before the season started? And, and where are you at right now? Because the transformation for me is just is astronomical. Yeah, I I thought he's a guy who just to score will always put up numbers on a crappy team. Once once like he he I'm just like he he is nothing. I'm like he, he, I don't want him on my team, and he's surpassed all expectations. 
not only scoring, but it, I love his decision making. Like, when the hell did he become like a Draymond Green type point forward? When did he get this jumper? When did he take threes? Like, ah, I'm beyond impressed. This is awesome. Um, and I really, as I said before, I think it's the most impressive thing is his decision making this year. I just, it's something that you usually come to the league with and like you have good decision making or you don't. And then if you don't, you're kind of just like, it doesn't really get that that much incrementally better but he has just his decision making has gotten so much better like you could comment on that he's gotten his body into better shape and he's 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 leaner but it's to me it's just his decision making and shot selection like sometimes i want him to shoot more i'm like begging like you shoot 40 percent from three take the three so i am he's been the heart of our team um and i i people are saying some people are saying let's trade him he's at he's at his highest point I mentioned before I want to make the playoffs, so I'll write him out. I'll write about this hot streak, maybe when most improved player or something. I don't know. I definitely, uh, I definitely understand the logic for trading Randall now, um, mm-hmm. given his contract situation. I think he has a. I think the team has an option. Is it a team option or a player option next year? Because uh, for all intents and purposes, he's in a co- he's in a contract year. If it's a right. team option, it's different. I, I think it is a team option. So then it's just like, you know, the Knicks are going to pick up the option. They have no, they have no reason not to, because he's been amazing unless they get a monster trade package, which I don't necessarily given the landscape of the league. I don't think they're going to get. So I think they should, they should ride it out, but I've been on record and you can go through my, you know, podcast history, my Twitter history. Um, There were very few Knicks players in the last 10 years that I hated watching more than I hated watching Julius Randle last year. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand the constant spinning into double teams and just playing like he has blinders on. Like it was, it was a horrible experience watching him play last year. I can't stress that enough. It was atrocious. And this year it is, we've done a complete 180. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little dumbfounded by it. Now, do I think, you know, the stats are a little inflated uh, because of his usage percentage and his usage rate? Yes. Do I think a Julie, uh, you know, a team led by Julius Randle being a top five in usage is going to amount to anything really great in terms of a, a contender? No, no, I don't. But the fact that he seems to be aware of where he is on the court and aware of where defenders are is a monster improvement, yeah. a monster improvement. And I, and again, you know, uh, maybe it's just cause I'm so beaten down by being a Knicks fan and being sad about the Knicks all the time that the fact that Julius Randall is putting up numbers like this, you know, I, I, it's, it's really startling to me. And I, um, I do have my guard up though. I have my guard up because I, like there's there's still a major part of me who doesn't think this is sustainable. There's a major part of me who's just like, you know, this is an aberration. Right. And he's a set. He's, I think he's second most in minutes in the NBA. I think that's a bad sign. Well, uh, RJ t- Barrett's top five, I think too. Well, yeah, I, I, that's what Tibbs does. He, he, that was my thing. That was my knock on him before this. He really wears his players down and, he injures his players, and that's what's going to be interesting in the second half of the season. Maybe the league, the new league format, where they might have a longer All Star break, might help. Might help them rest. Um, but that's what that's what my 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 fear is. And and if quickly it's a, a rookie wall, like 
most rookies do. And I know we've already seen some quickly hit some games where he's at a rookie wall, but maybe not consistently. Um, then I, I don't know. It's it's a little. I don't want to be pessimistic, but that's that's my asterisk on the Knicks right now. It's is Tibbs out riding these guys and out, just playing them way too much. Well, he's trying to get Julius Randall paid. It seems like so. Back to Randall for a second as we uh, are about to embark on picking our reserves for the all-star team. Is he on your reserve list? 1,000%. And with no bias, you got you got to take the, the story here. This was the Knicks team that I was doing NBA wins pool, picking all 30 teams, and, and no one wanted them. They were the tw- I think they were picked 29th. This was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. This is Over the- under in Vegas was 22 and a half. It's it, it, this is absurd. This is a crazy story. This is a, a, a terrible franchise, and this dude is single-handedly putting them at the sixth or seventh seed, depending on the day. This is insane. His stats support it. He's playing, as we mentioned before, magnificent basketball, and it's a, the All-Star game. As it's a, it's a snapshot in time. It's not where he's gonna be in t- in two weeks from now. It's he deserves if he doesn't that would be the biggest snub of all time that is that would be crazy well we're going to get into the list there's a lot of deserving candidates in, in yeah, each the east conference is the east, east is tough and you know and so is the west we'll, and we'll get into that in a second but before we do that um and just to let everybody know right now i do have randall on as a wild card um i didn't i didn't two weeks ago but it you know the run that they've been on and that he's specifically been on has, has changed that for me. So before we get into the reserves and picking the reserves, uh, the starters, any objections to who the starters were in each conference? Um, I don't in the East. Um, you, the, I guess the only thing you could say is Kyrie missed games, but, uh, and, and maybe, is a nut and is a nut job, <laughs> but he's so freaking good at basketball. Um, maybe Jalen Brown over him. Um, That's who yeah. I personally selected as a starter, yeah. Jalen Brown yeah. over Kyrie. I can't reward the the craziness. I can't reward it. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. That's that's my only maybe. But he, it's it, to me, it's like whatever. It's fine. It's whatever they chose. They chose. Like I, I have no objection towards Kyrie. He's freaking ridiculous. And when he's played, I know he's missed some games. He's been ridiculous. Yeah, it's not the game. It's not the number of games missed because obviously this is a weird year with COVID and all that kind of stuff, and and the schedule is going to get strange. But it's it's how it's why you miss games. You know, going going to a wall in the middle of the season. I I I don't want to reward you for that. Right, I hear that. Yeah, I I think the NBA is going to be more is sensitive about ment is too sensitive about mental health to as it should be to really make that kind of statement and say, you don't deserve the all-star star to. I'm all for mental health, but like, but also just be a professional, right? right. Just be a professional about it. Like no, no one's really going to question you. If like you say that you need just, you know, that you're going through some stuff. All right. But just call your coach, text them, tell your teammates not like three days later. I, I just, whatever. I don't want to relitigate the whole Kyrie thing. Cause I, I can go right. on a, about Kyrie for hours, but overall, I, I can't really make too crazy of an objection in the East. I would have selected Jalen Brown, but right now the Celtics haven't looked great either. And Brown is, has slumped a little bit. So I can't uh, really complain a whole lot there. If I had to really nitpick, 
Uh, I'd probably put James Harden as as, as the starter over Kyrie. Um, and That's again, a tough I don't, one. I don't want to reward his crap right. behavior either. Uh, we'll get to him when we talk about reserves, but that's probably what I do. But uh, in the West, what about um, any objections in the West? I guess uh, like Luca or Dame. I'm I'm fine with Luca. What I need them. I personally think the Mavs suck. Besides Luca, and what he does with them is pretty ridiculous. I mean, uh, with McCollum out, uh, the Blazers also haven't been too pretty themselves. But I'm um, I'm a huge Luca guy. I think he's legit i think it's amazing for the nba what he's gonna what he does and what he continues to do so i can never object to luka luka Doncic starting the all-star game starting the all-star game i i'm a luka guy um he's actually think i actually think he's developed a couple of uh the bad hardenisms in terms of a couple one too many bad contested step backs a lot of bitching out of him to referees i don't really love that I mean, you can't argue with the, the production he's put up after a really cold shooting start from three. Yeah. He's really turned it on. Um, but I'd have to put Damian Lillard there. No C.J. McCollum, no Nurkic, and they're a top four seed in the West. Right. I mean, he and, and he's doing it night in and night out. He hits every big shot. Uh, Luka would have been on my reserves, hands down. Guy get, you know, he's awesome. But I think Damian Lillard really deserves that spot. But other than that, no objections in the West either. Right. I hear that. So now it comes time. Now now is the difficulty. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. Pick your seven reserves. And just for everybody out there, um, the seven reserves are going to go as follows. There's two guards. There's three front court players. And then there are two wild cards. All right. Those are the spots open. So keep that in mind when when, – we're making our selections that you got to follow this criteria. So who are you? Let's start with the guards in the East, the two guards, who are your two guard spots? So I took Jalen Brown. I think that's an obvious one. And then I took Harden as my two guards. I did as well. Uh, No objections here. As much as I hate James Harden, don't want to reserve reward his behavior. Yeah. The I last week and a half has been ridiculous. And and yeah. even the most anti-hardened guy like myself, you have to acknowledge it. So when James I when I watch selection. When I watch net games, I, I I like besides his sometimes silly turnovers, I, I don't really see him making bad decisions. He's the second best passer in the league after LeBron. He is not taking as many bad shots. He's been ridiculous. Like it just shows that he's kind of the nucleus that any when it's hit just him and Kyrie, they they, they swept they swept the West, um, they swept the LA Los Angeles this, this past weekend. Just him and him and Kyrie, and then when he first joined the Nets, when it was just him and KD, they were dominating. Also, I, he's just ridiculous. I still don't buy the Nets as a playoff team. Um, I don't, th- you know, I, I still have my uh, reservations. Uh, James Harden could put up all the numbers in the regular season. Talk to me in May and June and see what happens. But I, I can't deny how great he's been so far, uh, especially with his uh, with the Nets. The, the efficiency has been nuts and the passing has been nuts. Uh, he's even tried a little bit harder on defense um, as much as I think he's a huge jackass. Uh, he gets one of my guard spots, uh, forward spots. I should say front court spots. Who are your three? I have Tatum. I have Randall. And I have Vucicic, Vucicic, 
Vucevic? Yeah, Vucevic. I don't know how to say the name. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so we, um, we uh, disagree a little bit on this. And I actually have to adjust mine because I totally forgot Jason Tatum. Uh, big, big problem. So By the way, if you left, if you left him off, I, I wouldn't be shocked. He, I don't think he's been that impressive this year. Well, we're going to be doing this on the fly, everybody. Um, my three flow forward spots go to Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, and DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, I mean, Middleton, Middleton's numbers. I feel like he gets disrespected every year but he's almost 50, 40, 90. The Bucks I know have hit a little bit of a cold stretch, um, but I, I, uh, I, I got to reward Chris Middleton because um, he's, he's, really, he's, he's really, really good. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, I think he's one of the 15 best players in the league. And Sabonis is awesome. I, I, I don't know how you can put on Vucevic and not put on Sabonis when Sabonis is a better defensive player, um, almost as good offense as off an offensive player and his team's better. Did I lose you? Yeah, I, I think he is a little bit of a better team. Yeah, I, of course the magic are bad, but like when you're when you're ciphering through this, like I, I think winning has to matter, no? Sorry, I got cut off. Um yeah, winning has to matter, but I think um, Vucevic ha- might have one of the worst teams in the NBA, like actually, and they're they're hang- they're they're only like one and a half games out. Um, of I mean, I mean the Pacers are in the four seed right now, um, and the old obviously Oladipo got traded, but I I just think Vucevic has one of the worst teams in NBA history. This is terrible. The four other starters on his team, once once they lost Fultz, it's like not even a basketball team. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, who are your two wild card spots for the East? My two wild cards are Zach Levine mm. and Middleton. Mm. So, right now, my wild card spots. I'm gonna. I know. I I know. I just uh, gave Julius Randle the nod earlier, but I may have to bump him off because uh, I have Ben Simmons as a wild card. Uh, I, I think you can't be the number one seed in your conference and not get two all-stars. And I know the numbers are, are what they are, but like you watch him, the imp, if you watch the games, you know, the impact he has. He's the best. I, to your point, he's the best defender. I like the most versatile defender. I've seen in a while. Like I think back to back nights, he played the Blazers and Lakers. He, he guards, yeah. he picks up LeBron, then he picks up Lillard from half court. His defense has been ridiculous. He better win defensive player of the year. I cannot stand how defensive player of the year is judged by blocks and steals, even though we saw last year that Gobert can't even stay in front of uh, Jokic ever. Like, he's not a good one-on-one right. defender. He's a good shot blocker. So, he's the best defender, which deserves defensive player of the year. I so- just – his offense sometimes – Simmons' offense sometimes just looks – so I like I don't know where he is. Like I literally, uh, which maybe is his role now with Danny Green and Seth Curry and Embiid playing like a beast. But it it just like he's he's not he's just too a wall on offense too often. So I'm rewarding Ben Simmons because uh, I I'm 
I, I think he's been really, really good. Uh, and they're the number one seed in the East. And my second wild card spot, I hate to do this to my guy, Julius Randle, but I'm going to bump him after I just uh, talked about how great he's been. I'm going to give it to Jason Tatum. Um, a lot of good, a lot of good guys in the East, a lot of good guys. Um, a, a couple of guys that I, you know, thought about giving the nod to, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. He's been good. Uh, Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon. Yeah. Uh, Trey young, which I don't want to hear about it. All right. The, the, the king of the, of the big stats, bad team guy, like, I know people are talking about Trey Young and that he's awesome. I, I'm sorry, I've had enough. They also, uh, the Hawks also had high expectations. Like, yeah, them, them being out of the, I think they're the tenth spot or eleventh. Yeah. Um, them, them in that spot right now is a is a huge disappointment. That's why I'm like, the Bulls are were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. They're the ace. They have the ace seed in the, the East right now. Like Zach Levine's been ridiculous scoring the ball. And obviously, he he's been putting up numbers since he's joined the Bulls and, and before that too. But I think he's really starting to make a winning a winning impact on that team. If you wanted to bump Jalen Brown for Zach Levine, I, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue. Levine was my toughest cut and, and Randall will likely be my toughest cut. But if, if you said no Jalen Brown, Zach Levine. No, Br- Brown's, no having, from me. Brown's having a ridiculous season. He, he is, but so is Zach Levine and, and, and this latest uh, stretch that they've been on and he's been winning games. It's hard, hard to deny, hard to deny. Yeah. It's, uh, sub- it's the, a tough the, field. Right. That's a bonus one. I, I like, don't know. I, it kind of just like, he is putting a monster stats. His team is a force. Even the East, they've completely, they traded Oladipo for right now, hopefully, um, Levert's back on the court soon, but they they've got a no one in return, and they're still on that winning on that winning um, trend. So I mean, that's definitely something to think to think about there. Another guy, Gordon Hayward. Um, he's got to be in the in the conversation. He ultimately didn't make my uh, my seven, but yeah. he's had the a bo- great year. The Bobcats are good. They're they're playing really really well and they from watching them they play weirdly like good team basketball like they move the ball um some people call it the lamella ball effect I, i'm a huge ball brother fan um for with no logical reason why but i, I love them i've been following them since lamella was a freshman and every except for i mean the pelicans don't play such great team ball um but He's just rubbed off on everyone. They move the ball. Rozier's playing awesome. Obviously, not all star caliber, but hey, Hayward, Hayward's an interesting one. I don't, I don't think he's there just yet. Why? I'm interested in why he chose Bam. I think Bam is a two way player. Um, he's probably the best big outside of uh, outside of Embiid in the East. Yeah, in the, in the playoffs, I would. Yeah, I would agree with you, and he's. And he's been like the only one keeping um, the heat afloat while their COVID and injuries have just. Yeah, I mean, when they've they've won seven of ten, so like when Jimmy Butler's played, they're good. When Jimmy Butler doesn't play, they're not very good. But Bam, as a two-way player, you know, his offense has taken even another step up, and his defense. He's another guy who's in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's the second best big in the East outside of. Uh, 
outside of um, uh, Joel Embiid. And uh, I, that gets rewarded. I, I, it's funny because you can look at my list and be like, well, sometimes he rewards winning. Sometimes he rewards stats. It's, it's kind of like an eye test kind of thing. I, I, it's a weird combination of both. There's, it's not like an algebraic equation with me. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, it'd be so much easier if they did 14 players, like, you know, on a, on a roster, it'd be so much yeah. easier. A hundred percent. And also, uh, you also have to think of who's actually fun to watch in an all-star game. Bam definitely is because he'll catch him out of the oops. Um, Zach Levine will dunk the hell out of the ball. But like now we're actually talking about like, first of all, I think this is the dumb. Sorry, I need to backtrack. I should have mentioned this is the dumbest idea ever that they're having an all-star game. They're putting all the league's best players into one spot risking them all to get quarantined on the second half of the season where some teams just can't afford, like if the heat lose like bam for the for 14 day, for 14 days i don't know if they, they might have like a, a 14 day like quarantine after the all-star game that might be true but i think this is just not worth it even though the all-star game last year was unbelievable it was the first competitive all-star game like we've ever seen but now you're talking about like guys that besides the starter like if, if like Kyrie or Beal are like off in the East and, and, and it's the fourth quarter um, and it's the Elam ending. Like, who do you want to put in? Like, you're definitely like Jalen Brown, two-way guy, Tatum two, uh, could definitely play with those guys. And then Simmons, like, you might be like, hell yeah, I want to put him into like guard LeBron on the other team or something. So that's also something you have to think of at the All-Star Game. So I couldn't disagree with you more about them having an All-Star Game. I think they, I think it's, just fine for them to have it because like the league is a business, right? The league yeah. is losing its shirt when it comes to guy, you know, ticket loss revenue at the gate, which is actually in the next couple of days is going to be increasing um, across the league. And I'm actually lucky enough to uh, be in attendance to the Miami heat tomorrow night. Um, but if they need to satisfy their TV partners, you have to trust that Adam Silver is going to do whatever he has to do to make it as safe as possible. Like he, and I've been very critical of Silver over the last couple of months, but like the bubble showed that he's able to figure it out, right? He's able to figure it out. So you have to be, you have to try and do things, right? You can't just constantly live in fear, you know, of not trying to do things. Now, Will guys opt out maybe, you know, Pro Bowl style, like, uh, and open up more guys to get in maybe, but to live in, to live in fear, to just be like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I, I just don't agree with that. Like try to make it work and then take it, you know, the consequences will be what they are afterwards, but just it's better to try than not to try. And especially if you're, TV partners who are flipping the bill right now um, more so than anything else are, are pushing for this because they need the content. I, I can't understand, or I, I can't argue against that. I, I just think it we're dealing with, they have so many rules in place that are super sensitive about like P about quarantine and people just sitting out games and it's happened so much already this season that you just have to take out all the risk to get this season going. They, they were a few, you have to remember almost, I think a month ago at this point, they were, the season could have shut down because they, when they, once they, for some reason, uh, 
they've been able to get it under control and like less postponements of game. But they were like a point where a month ago where like three three teams, four teams couldn't play at a time because of, with the because our whole rosters were getting quarantined. Well, you and- saw that with the baseball season this past baseball season. It was the same kind of thing, but you push through. You NBA push players, through. you have no you have no choice. They're more they're more sensitive. They these rules are already tough enough on them. LeBron's already said it that this is dumb. This, the, the, let's get this. Se- the, the biggest thing is let's do this season, and we might not do it 100% right, and we might lose money, but let's get through this season. This All Star game. Listen, I want I want to watch it. I, I hope, and I I just think the, any added risk in this season is just not worth it. Well, then the NBA players as a whole collective, as a whole collective, need to accept the fact that their paychecks are going to be decreased. I don't know. If, if you if if you accept that, then then fine. But you can't have you can't have it both ways. You can't have it like our 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 pockets shouldn't take a hit when you know the owners' pockets are taking a hit when you have the ability to to make up the revenue in 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 certain ways. Like it's just you have to give silver the benefit of the doubt that he's going to put these guys in the best position possible. Nothing is going to be perfect. And if, and if something God forbid goes wrong, you deal with it. Then, you know, I'm sure they have all these things in place if they needed to actually, you know, delay the, uh, the start of the season for 14 days. I, I'm sure they have these things in place, but it, it affects more than just the all-star guys. It affects, you know, the, um, the money of, of all 450 players. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I can, I can more get there and, and see your side. If, if, if uh, in fact, like after the all-star game, like if there is an outbreak or, or there is like some quarantining that they just delay the season by 14 days, I don't know. Um, and because I just, I mean, as a Nick fan, if Randall goes and like has to quarantine after 14 days and like he's missing game, you're going to be pissed. Like you, you would be really pissed. And you're going to say that's not worth it. That wasn't worth it to watch Randall play 10 minutes in an all-star game, score four points on an open fast break dunk, play no critical minutes. And now we're missing our best player. I, I don't know. And if it works out, then it, the, like the all-star game last year was the all-star game last year was like the best basketball I've ever seen. Like that was incredible. The best players, they were playing defense. And it's funny because it was really choppy at the end. The, and the possessions were horrible, but at least the, the level of competitiveness was up. All the right, basket, so, basketball, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let, let's move to the West because I feel like we can go in circles on this. The West, uh, the two guard spots. Who are your two guards? So I have Dame and um, – and because uh, I didn't, I didn't sort it by guards, but Dame is an obvious one. Is Paul George a forward or a guard? I think, I think he's. Uh, I have him as a, a front court player. Okay, then I'll, I'll just put um, I'll put Conley there. Interesting. Okay, um, my two guards are Lillard and Chris Paul. Lillard, and, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I was choosing between Chris Paul, between wild card and, and the second guard. Um, I just think the jazz, like it's tough to do the all-star game for them when they have like this, this like synchronized, like 
defensive type thing that's just working for them gives winning games for them and then also offensively they've all just contributed more i just think marginally conley's just taken his game to another level and with the increase in wins also in the first season of the west i'm like let's, let's give this guy the nod this is his year to do it i'm i'm i'm, I'm for that sometimes like a, a senior night situation so hold that thought because we're gonna get to that with my wild card so your front court players i've got paul george rudy gobert and Zion Williamson, who do yeah. you have? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, spot on. All three. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were going to argue Zion versus Ingram. I thought I, I thought you'd be an Ingram guy for some reason. No, 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 no. That's my. That's my. I am. I am. I think Ingram's talented. I think for all the production, it never produces wins. Yeah. And I. He kind of has the good stats, bad team itis, um, and maybe he'll change the way he plays. Uh, and you know what? He he's still super young, right? And and he's su- still super talented. I just you would think for the guy who gets the numbers he gets that his team would be more successful, and they're just not. And Zion and and you saw it. And a week and a half ago, I wouldn't have had Zion on here. I would have had uh, Demar Derozan on here for the front court. And you could have made, and, and if you want to stick with DeRozan, cause the Spurs have overachieved, that's cool with me too. But like the stuff Zion does now with this point center forward thing he's doing, like he's clearly the straw that stirs the drink there. If they're ever going to be good and they've been a lot better the last week and a half. And I said this last year and I said it, and I'm saying it again. Now, if the Pelicans are going to be really good, Zion needs to be the guy like Ingram's got to be the complimentary player. It's got to be Zion's show and he's got to play a little bit harder on defense and rebound a little bit harder. But you know, some of the stuff he does offensively and it doesn't matter who guards him. It could be smaller guys. It could be bigger guys. It doesn't matter. So I have Zion over Ingram and I don't even think it's particularly close. Yeah. It's like, it's, he's, he's developed, he's a great passer. He's a great decision maker, Zion. And Ingram is a terrible decision maker. He just, it just shoot, 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 shoot. It's annoying. So who are your two wild cards? My two wild cards are, so I said before, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was thinking about Anthony Davis, but he's going to be injured for the game anyway. So I got to go with, uh, with Devin Booker. The Suns are, it was even tough for me to pick between Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So I just had to pick both of them. I love both of them. I think the reason you pick Chris Paul over them, because they were just like, I mean, they went seven and zero in the bubble, but like, they were like not such a good team last year. You add Chris Paul. And now they're one of the better teams in the West. And like a few things go right their way um, in the playoffs and they make the Western conference finals. Potentially. I don't think so, but you can't say no, like Chris Paul has success in yeah. the, in his conference, in his conference playoffs, definitely maybe not getting to the finals. This, but this he, is what Chris Paul does, right? Chris Paul's teams, when he's healthy, are a four or five seed at worst. Yeah, that's exactly. what, that's what it is. He he's the guy, and I, I my two wild cards are Mitchell um, and Booker also because I think Booker, even though his numbers aren't as good last year, but he's playing winning basketball. He's playing winning basketball, and and it shows. And it shows, and and he's been on a tear lately, and and has been really good late in games lately. So I've got, I'm rewarding him. Uh, for me, I know the Connolly thing is, you know, it's tough. the The fact that he hasn't made an All Star team um, up until now uh, is a little crazy, given how great he's been over the years. 
Um, I know he's like number one in like plus minus. Yeah. Uh, I, I know the advanced stats are great, but, but he gets paired with Gobert, who's having a really great year, even though I'm not such a Rudy Gobert guy. Uh, Mitchell plays more minutes without, without Gobert and carries a second unit when it's basically just him. And he's just a better player. And, and late in games, like you're scared of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. As great as Connolly is, he's not that. So I'm giving it, I'm giving it to Mitchell. And I too didn't have Anthony Davis on the, on the team. Right. I, I, make your case for Anthony Davis. Cause I, I have, I have thoughts. He's definitely taken a backseat to what he was last year. I mean, in the playoffs last year, he was the best defender in the league. I, I think Kendrick Nuggan still has nightmares about Anthony Davis. When I watch Kendrick Nuggan now, I think he still has trouble taking a lefty leg because he thinks Anthony Davis is going to block him. And I would say the entire hate team, he ripped apart everyone. My my knock on Anthony Davis is sometimes he just stands in the corner and isn't active offensively like I would want him to be. But he's a top five, six guy in the, in the league, no doubt about it. Push comes to shove. Like when you really, really think about it, his defense is ridiculous. His, his shooting is great. He can get post buckets. He's he's a beast. Um, I mean, he's injured now, so it it, it helps it helps the debate. I, I would have put him on if he wasn't injured, to be honest. So I w- I uh, wouldn't have put him on. Um, I think he's just he's been lazy this year. He's been lazy this year. I don't think he came into the greatest of shape, um, which is fine. You know, they he didn't have much of an off season, but like the All Star Game isn't about like, isn't a legacy thing. You know, it's a snapshot of this season and Anthony Davis has missed a bunch of games. Anthony Davis hasn't been that good on offense. He's been passive. His defense has been good, but like, I don't think he's, first of all, I don't think he cares about it as much as the other guys do. And I I just don't think he's been that good. Like push ups to shove this year Uh, and going forward. Like who do you, who, who's better Anthony Davis or Jokic? It's Jokic. If you're starting a team from scratch, you're taking Jokic over Anthony Davis. You're taking Joel Embiid if you're starting a team from scratch over Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has the talent to be the best player in the league. Anthony Davis doesn't have the mindset to be the best player in the league. I mean, if you're that guy, your teams make the playoffs. Before he got to the Lakers, they made the playoffs twice in eight years. Twice. Now, it's not all his fault, but like this, this notion that Anthony Davis is like a top, a, a, a top five player in the league, hands down, like I, I just think it's crazy. He hasn't proven that he, can, that he can do it night in and night out. Now, is he like the greatest second banana we've ever seen? Maybe, but that's what he is. Yeah, I think, I think maybe, I think one, I, if he was healthy, like, you would want him in the all-star game. Like you'd want, and they're competing hard, Elam ending like, and you're rooting for uh, team LeBron or team KD. I don't, I don't know how you choose which one you root right. for. Like you're going to be like, I want Anthony Davis in the game. Like he's, he's shot making. Like I, I hear what you're saying. He's earned it though. You have to yeah, earn this, it. You're in and this, you're out. I mean, he has, he has solid stats. I mean, nothing to write home. I, I actually thought I had, a podcast with my two friends Aaron Jagoda Noah Stein shout out before the season very low-key podcast just a zoom recording nothing official willing to send it to anyone just got to plug myself for a second I had AD I think winning and no I had KD and then maybe AD coming second MVP I'm like AD this is easier to, to do it LeBron wants him to win MVP LeBron's like go for it. but I think 
because he's been injured and he doesn't want to overexert himself in the regular season, which he's right about. And he has LeBron. Um, Schroeder's playing great basketball. Harold, Harold playing great basketball. Like, they have a guy who want to compete hard in the regular season. Like, he even said he's playing like crap, but I, I, want, I want him in the All-Star game regardless. I mean, discussion, this argument's easier because he's injured. Yeah, and and maybe it won't get to that, but I did not have him on my list because I just I think he's been subpar. And I know this is like I may be on an island here, but I'm I'm planting my flag on that island. So before I let you go, um, and, and this and this transitions a little bit into uh, you know LeBron and and your boy Giannis, right? The difference between Giannis and Anthony Davis is that Giannis built a franchise, right? Giannis is the guy who's led a team to 60 wins every year. Now they've fallen short in the playoffs, um, but Giannis is the, the, the straw that stirs the drink, just like LeBron for the Lakers is the straw that stirs the drink. And that's why you can never tell me that Anthony, that, you know, Davis is better than Giannis. Davis is better than I yeah, I, I, I don't want to get into this publicly. I, I think Giannis is just terrible. I think terrible. I'm I'm, I'm, that's, a te- that's a strong word. Regular season puts up crazy numbers. Open court, fast break game. No one taking hard fouls on the break to stop him early. They're just letting him go, do his Euro step. Then we see a few glimpses of his, his, of his, of his subpar basketball when the game gets close. He'll miss the two free throws. He'll airball a three-pointer. He'll miss a mid-range shot to tie the game, win the game. Then playoffs come, and they need a win, and he's just nowhere. And he, they just collide the plane. People blame it on, like, oh, they're not building a good roster. They have, they have a really good team. They have a good team. They've, they have well, they've looked team. worse in the last couple of games because Drew Holiday hasn't played, but I'm still bullish on the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to go anywhere because with him as your number one player, I think – He's got nothing. He has no moves. And, and that just doesn't work in the playoffs. I'm judging value in the playoffs. Like, we we spoke a little bit on our on our DM convo about Harden. Like, let's judge value by the playoffs until he proves it. You come back to me this playoffs, and he, he proves it. Not in a crappy first-round series. In a second-round, third-round series where they need a win, he folded against the Raptors two years ago, the Heat last year. And he you can't just score into 20 points again. Uh, I think he had, like, in, like, game five last year, he scored, like, 19 against the Heat, and he just rolled over and lost. And he couldn't do anything. They just blocked the paint off set charges, and he is – He's nothing. He doesn't make it. I don't think he makes his teammates better. Um, I, I also think he's, at, he, he's not playing the right position. I think he needs to give up playing point forward and just become Shaq. Like, I think that's the best, that's the best. So look for it's him. funny. It's funny. You said that because I think that, you know, Milwaukee's doing a lot of experimenting this year. I don't think they're taking the regular season super seriously um, that they're trying different things, which is, which is fine because considering, you know, coach bud has the, uh, has the, reputation of doing the same thing over and over again and not working sometimes. I, I don't mind them trying different things. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Shaq. I'm a little bit older than you. They said the same things about Shaquille O'Neal that they're saying about Giannis. Shaq circa 96 to 99, 2000. They said the same things. Big stats, not a lot of playoff wins. Shaq turned out just okay. All right. I, I do agree with you that I think Giannis should be, 
you know, power forward center. And I think they're trying to get him to, you know, set more screens and be more of a screener, especially for Middleton. Uh, so I'm bullish on Giannis, but for all the things that you said, it's funny. They said the same things about Shaq and Shaq was fine. And the difference between Giannis and Harden, and then my, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's you can play poorly in the playoffs, but like, look to me like you're like, you give a crap. Harden has had way too many playoff games where he just stands in the corner, doesn't do anything, shoots two for 13. And it's just like, eh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling this one today. Giannis at least goes down swinging. It's not always going to look pretty. Sometimes you'll see an ugly offensive foul. Sometimes you'll see an ugly turnover, but you always think that he's engaged, you know, and that's all I want. Just, just play hard. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't have to speak much because I'm gonna. I could come back on this podcast if you allow me. In, in the of su- course, we'll have in, because in, we're running a little summer, long. Yeah, in the summer, I'll, I'll send it here, and I don't have to talk much on Harden because I, unfortunately, as a Nick fan, I hate the Nets. I think Harden's gonna have a ridiculous playoffs. I think the Nets are gonna go super far, unfortunately, and I hate Giannis. And I mean, I don't hate him. I'm sure he's a good guy, and. He seems like a loyal guy, which is very rare in the NBA, but I just don't think he he brings much. I think he needs moves. I think he needs a lot of skill development. He needs a better shot, better free throws, and I just don't see it. Well, I'm going to have to have you on because, um, and again, we're running a little bit longer than I anticipated, which is good because, you know, the conversation's been excellent. But I need to talk to you eventually about this LeBron MVP thing. He's, I'll, 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 I'll dumb it down for everyone. This is this is my point in case on LeBron. Look at how many people after being on LeBron seem to left the NBA, like no longer in the NBA. We have Mo and like okay, I'm not talking like they played one or two years. Mo Williams, Mario Ch- Chalmers, Drew Gooden, Gooden's Algaskis. Um, he made Rondo get a huge. He got Rondo paid this summer. He got he saved his career. He saved Dwight Howard's career. It's like in six in in in, in middle school, he used to be like the best player is the one who makes people better in basketball and I, and I still hold by that point that's LeBron he just makes the game easier for everyone again that's fine the MVP is a regular season award it's not a popularity contest it's not a career achievement award it's a regular season award for that regular season Valid. and 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 I and you can go back and we'll do this. We're we're gonna do this as our own segment. Go back since 2010 and go through all the winners. And if you can tell me one year where LeBron James was completely shafted, you can't. You can't. But I want to save that for for another time because that that's a that's a conversation that is that is way more in depth and, and we're running a little long. But Johnny, this was great, man. Uh you are now, uh, to quote part of my take, you are now a recurring guest, and we'll have to do this awesome. again soon. And uh, I appreciate the time, dude. This was great. Thank you, man. I'm getting the Peloton on Monday, so we'll be in touch about that. Let's and- get it. I, oh. I have no problems giving you uh, recommendations. Uh, you'll, you'll let me know what, what you're into, and I'll, I'll send those rides over. But uh, thanks again. Uh, you are now uh, indoctrinated into the For the Love of the Game uh, cycle, and we'll do it again sometime soon.
Love it, man. Have a good one. Have a good one. Speak to you. Bye. Thanks again to first-time guest John Nolman. hopefully a recurring guest. Sometimes good things do come about when you slide into the DMs. Just be careful whose DMs you're sliding into. Anyway, that's episode 103 for the love of the game. Take us out, Nip. It was no smut on my rep last time that I checked. I was selling songs in the set. Make a quarter mil, no sweat last time that I checked. I'm the streets voice out west. Legendary self-made progress last time that I checked. First you get the money, then respect, then the power, and the come next last time that I checked. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.